0: Welcome in and thanks for joining us. This is WTOP News reporter Nick Ionelli and today we're joined by Jonah Kearns, an emergency medical technician with the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad in Montgomery County, Maryland. This is an agency that works very closely with Montgomery County Fire and Rescue, the primary fire department in Montgomery County, Maryland. Jonah is a unique guy. He's 20 years old and he's been doing this job for about two years now. So Jonah, tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: I'm here every Monday night from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then once a month, I have a 24-hour shift from Saturday at noon to Sunday at noon. I ride up front on the ambulance. I'm the head of patient care, transfer of care, all that stuff.
0: And yeah, you are an emergency medical technician, commonly referred to as an EMT. And I have to say, being in the media, I will admit that many of us are guilty of sometimes using EMT and paramedic as if they are the same term, but they are not interchangeable. You guys have different jobs, EMTs and paramedics.
1: That's correct. Yeah, it's really scope of practice. Paramedics, they've got uh, more training. They've got more medications they could administer, for example. Uh, They do lots of, you know, airway, like intubation. Uh, They've got a cardiac monitor with them.
0: You know, I find your agency and everybody who does your type of work, I find it so incredible. You guys are volunteers. It's right there in the name, the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad. You don't get paid for this. You receive no salary. You do this because you have passion.
1: That is correct.
0: Uh, So tell us about the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad and, and what you guys do.
1: Right. So we are a volunteer rescue squad. We're not a fire station because we don't have a fire engine. Uh, 24-7, we have two ambulances in service as well as a squad truck and a paramedic ALS chase car.
0: And because you don't get paid for this, many people might be wondering, well, I, I can't even afford this. Why would you do this with your time? Uh, where do you get the passion from? Can you tell us what gets you out of bed in the morning when you're doing this job and what gets you so passionate and excited to help the community in this way?
1: Right. It's it's a really exciting job, you know, getting to go out there in the field, directly help people, you know, make a huge impact in their lives. And, you know, we're, we're saving people. It's 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 a rewarding feeling.
0: So when you get called to a scene, someone dials 911 and help immediately goes out and help is on the way. Can you tell us what happens when you get to a scene? So you're you're riding in the ambulance You get to the scene, walk us through what generally happens.
1: Right. So, I mean, first, right off the bat, you know, make patient contact. You know, I want to figure out what's going on, what equipment I'll need, what resources I'll need. Then go through, you know, a treatment plan, you know, get them loaded into the ambulance if needed, transport them to the closest appropriate hospital. uh, Kind of everything in between.
0: Well, this is a job that takes up a lot of your life. And I would imagine a lot of energy, given the nature of the work that you do with the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad. But aside from that, can you tell us more about what you do with your life? I mean, you're a young guy, 20 years old. You're doing this incredible work. What else do you do? Tell us about your background.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm taking a gap year right now. I finished two years at Montgomery College to get my associate's degree in biology. I'll be transferring to the University of Maryland. Uh, next fall. My mother worked in the medical field, and my older sister is uh, actually preparing to go into medical school. But I am the only EMT, the only first responder in the family. When I turned 16 years old, I was uh, looking for places near where I lived that I could volunteer my time. And originally, you know, working in the fire rescue field wasn't something that I was initially interested in. Um, And I signed up for a ride-along. I think it was roughly eight hours. So, you know, you get to hop on the ambulance and ride in the back with the other EMTs and see what it's like firsthand. And uh, I loved it. It was great. This is just something that I'm doing right now, but I have considered going down the career path. Um, but it's not something that I've 100% uh, decided on yet. You know, I'm, I'm definitely interested in the medical field and I really do enjoy working in the pre-hospital setting. But uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure everything out.
0: So for those out there who are wondering uh, what goes into becoming an EMT, can you describe the experience when you had the idea, you said you wanted to become an EMT, well, what do I do now? Can you walk us through what that entails, what people have to do, and what you yourself did to become an EMT?
1: Once you first join the station, you go through the uh, kind of application process. They go over some uh, some basic uh skills that you can perform on calls. Uh, so this is before EMT class. They uh, teach you how to take vital signs, do some relatively basic assessments. Uh, you learn how to do CPR, uh, You know, use some uh, bleeding control um, equipment. And then from there, you're able to ride the ambulance as what we call a co-pilot. So kind of like a trainee. You're not really in charge of patient care. You're not doing anything too too serious. Um, And after that stage, you're ready to sign up for EMT class, which can range from three months uh, to eight months to even a year, I've heard. And then after that, you have your NREMT exam, which is your national registry exam, and then you have your state practical. And then after all of that, you've got uh, more in-station training. They've got drills and scenarios that they want to uh, run through with you, Kind of requiz you and retest you on on everything you learned in EMT class.
0: I can imagine Jonah with work like this that they really hammer into your head the training just over and over and over again. Because if you are in a stressful situation, you can't lean on your own human nature necessarily. You got to fall back on that training, and that training kicks in so you don't become emotional or anything like that. Right. So when you talk about your training and you think about all the experience you've had training, and then you go into a real-life situation, what goes through your head? Would you say that the training seems different than a real-life experience, or do you just fall back on that training and rely on all that that you've learned?
1: For me, you you can do as many drills and scenarios as you want, but you can never really get super close to what it's like running a real call with a real patient, you know, here at the station and as well as EMT class, um, they try to make the drills as realistic as they can. Um, People really put a lot of effort into it. You know, they get everything set up. They've got mannequins. They, they really try to stick to what running a real call is actually like, but it's again, you know, running calls out in the field with a real person. It's, it's pretty different. Not every call is the same. There have been a handful of times where I've shown up on a call expecting one thing or being told by one thing by dispatch, and I show up and it's completely different or it's something else.
0: Since you've been doing this work as an EMT in Wheaton, Maryland, and in Montgomery County, Maryland, do you have a particular scenario that stands out in your mind as being very difficult?
1: Uh, I believe so, yeah. I ran a call at a nursing home a couple months back that, uh, the patient ended up going into cardiac arrest three times throughout the entirety of the call. And uh, it was, you know, it's not really something you prepare for, but it's definitely something you have to expect. Well, I guess, you know, you do prepare for the worst. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind of a rough call, but, you know, we, we did the best we could. We did everything we needed to do. We got the patient transported to the hospital as fast as we could. Uh, we were doing CPR, airway management, giving medications. It was, yeah, that one kind of stuck out to me.
0: You said the patient went into cardiac arrest three times. Is that correct?
1: That is, that is correct. Uh, once on scene, we worked the patient for, I believe, six to seven minutes. We revived him. We got him in the back of the ambulance. And then I believe we were roughly two to three minutes from the hospital. He went to cardiac arrest again. I started chest compressions in the back of the ambulance, and then upon arrival to the hospital, we revived him, and then he went into cardiac arrest again.
0: I can imagine that you probably use a ton of technology that maybe wasn't available to people who are doing what you do even 10 years ago or so, because technology for law enforcement and first responders has just been so rapidly developing, and it really is ongoing, that whole situation with technology continuing to improve and and new devices, new technology being invented all the time and implemented uh, for people who do what you do. Can you describe some of the technology that you use with the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad that really helps you with your job?
1: A little bit. Our radio system uh, is incredibly convenient. I can call for manpower, police, police. Police sent emergency, um, you know, extra paramedics, extra transport units. It's, it's great. Let's say you know it's it's a busy shift, lots of units are busy out on calls. It is possible that they do pull units from adjacent counties, like PG County, because of where my station is located. I'm not really close to any county borders, so I don't have to interact with a lot of you know units from other counties. But definitely stations around our area. Uh, It's good to know what resources they have, you know, manpower, paramedics, uh, transport units. And let's say I show up on a call and I realize, hey, I need an extra transport unit or maybe I need a paramedic or manpower. It's good to know where exactly they are, how long it's going to take for them to get here. Um, Yeah.
0: There may be people listening who are wondering, well, if I ever have to call 911, if I have to call for help in an emergency emergency, I better be prepared. So what advice would you have for people who may need to call for help in the future? Is it just don't panic, that sort of advice? Or what would you have to say to people who are asking and wondering that?
1: Right. It's, uh, you know, it's always good to, you know, stay calm, stay relaxed. Um, But if you do genuinely believe that something is going on, you know, maybe you're not feeling right. I'd say it's always good to call and be safe. You know, you don't want to have something serious going on. You brush it off. And then later down the line, something happens. So, you know, maybe you call 911, you know, the EMTs show up, the paramedics show up, and then you realize, hey, you know, it's not that serious, nothing's really going on, false alarm, you know, that's okay. It's always good to be safe.
0: Okay, Jonah, thank you so much. He is Jonah Kearns, an EMT with the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad in Montgomery County, Maryland. Thank you so much for your time and have a good day.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. You too. Take care.